What's up everyone, this is Don Suave. First and foremost, I'd appreciate everyone for viewing my video. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also comment. Also hit that notification button below as well. Alright, let's get on with the show. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so Shot an enemy plane down with his finger by yelling, Bang! Here is Don Suave. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? This is Don Suave. Yes, I'm back. I know I took a hiatus, but you know, basically, you know, I just had to get my mind, mind right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can get their mind right, I get my spirit right, my soul right, head right. You know, it's just times you just need time to yourself to do what needs to be done. So I am back to doing these podcasts and um, we're going to get it right. We're going to get right. So, as you know, a lot of things have changed since the last time I did it. Right now we into the Super Bowl, which is February 12th in Arizona with the Chiefs and the Eagles. You know, also we're going to talk to about the NBA. Of course, tonight, you may be hearing this tomorrow when I put it up there, but tonight is the night that we may possibly see LeBron James break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. We'll see. We're gonna talk about what, what we're gonna talk about what that would mean. We're gonna talk about the significance of it. And also, later, we're gonna talk about the commanders. So anybody who don't who not familiar with my show, I always give out NFL news, NBA news, or any news that's really popular at that time. But I always finish with the Washington Commanders. The reason is it's my favorite team. So what more to talk about the commanders than a fan of the commanders? So we're gonna I'm gonna talk about them, my final thoughts, also more about them at the of the coming season. As in the changes that they may go through, you know, who knows? But I will get my final thoughts on it, and then we're going to wrap up the show. But first and foremost, please make sure to like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's broadcast of the seven cities. Make sure also subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. And every time I start the show, before I go into depth of everything, I always start with inspiration quote. The reason is, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you are, as in like your profession or whatever, everybody always needs some type of inspiration or some type of encouragement. No matter if you're the highest of the high or you feel like you're the lowest of the low, you always need something to boost up your morale. So this right here, is definitely a quote for people who has issues dealing with stress, anxiety, depression, any of those type of mental health issues. Because one thing we're going to also know, 
it's okay. It's okay to address mental health issues. My only problem is I just can't stand when people take advantage of it when they don't. They use an excuse why you got some over here who does. Because mental health is real. Mental health is real. You're not crazy. All, you don't have to go take a nap. You don't have to go shove it up because mental health, you never know what it could lead to. So this quote right here says, if you feel like you're losing everything, remember, trees lose their leaves every year and they stand tall and wait for better days to come. Now, even though this is a sports program, I can go into depth about that. But I'm going to keep us to the sports. And I'm also going to say that if you ever ever get into a situation where you need to voice and need to talk or anything of that nature, best believe, not only myself, but as get with someone who, is a, who has a mindset of encouragement and not a mindset of to tear you down. You can't tell your business to everyone. You can't tell your feelings to everyone. You got to tell, tell someone who has a heart for you, but most importantly, has a heart of God. Because God will never leave and forsake you, and he will never fail you. All right. So first, we're going to do NFL. Now, we're going to recap the NFL playoffs. I'm going to tell you from wild card to Super Bowl. I'm going to give my prediction on the Super Bowl. And then we're going to talk about possible offseason things. So first, let's start in the wild card. In the wild card, we're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. 49ers won that game 41-23. to Then we had the Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. In a close game, which a lot of people really didn't think was going to be a close game because the Dolphins didn't have Tua at the quarterback. Bills won 34-31. Next was the Cincinnati Bengals and the Ravens. Now, my opinion, I really feel like if Lamar Jackson was playing, it would have been a total different story. But, Lamar's not going to make sure that this injury that he's dealing with is not going to affect him even more. So, with that being said, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens 24-17. Next, we had a shocker. Big shocker. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Los Angeles Chargers 31-30. The reason why it was a shocker, because if you watch that game, the Chargers was actually was winning by double digits for one by 20. Trevor Lawrence was throwing picks left and right like he was giving out government cheese. It was just like a complete messed up situation. This all started in the first quarter. But the game ain't never over until there's four zeros on that clock and it says fourth quarter. And because of that, the Jaguars came back and won. Next, we had the New York Giants taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants beat the Vikings 31-24. to It really wasn't a shocker. Vikings don't have no defense. And as a personally, as a man, 
I have no problems with Kirk Cousins. Matter of fact, of all the, all the things I've seen of Kirk Cousins, he's a great guy. But when it comes to NFL, reminder, he was on my favorite team, the Washington Commanders at one time. And this is one thing I know. Kirk will give you points. Kirk will give you yards. Kirk will do a lot of stuff. But when the lights are bright and it's prime time and it all focus on you, Kirk doesn't do good at all. So seeing that was not a surprise. Hopefully, maybe next this next season he does better because the Vikings got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. He got weapons on offense. They need a defense badly. And what if they get a defense? Then if Kirk Cousins plays, yeah, the Vikings can win, can go and win a division again. But we'll see. And the last is the round off the NFL wild card. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31 to 14. And we're going to discuss that game later. Well, actually, we'll discuss the outcome of that game later. As we travel to the divisional round, Jaguars played the Kansas City Chiefs, who was the number one seed. Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. Next, we had the Bengals and the Bills. The rematch of the game that happened around Monday night where the, tra- the tragic incident with Dave Hamlin. But I still say, even though it was tragic at the moment, the outcome was God's hand all day. Y'all, if y'all ever look at what happened after, just, just from the detail, from his, his his thing that he wanted to raise certain amount for the kids, it was like 2000 ain't had that much. And after the incident, it came up to almost $7 million they put in. Multiple people was praying. I mean, I can do a whole video on... The Demar Hamlin is the uh, thing, and it was. It started off sad, but when it finished, you couldn't do nothing, honestly, but just give God praise. But we're gonna continue on. Next, we had the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Giants. They, the Eagles beat the Giants thirty-eight to seven, and lastly, the finish off the finish the division around. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19 to 12. And we go to the conference championship. We had the 40 the Eagles play the 49ers. The Eagles win that game 31 to 7. I would call that game body bag game number two. Here's the thing about it. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I heard a lot of people say, well, we've never seen a game like this when all the quarterbacks is down and and did y'all not remember in the early 90s that the Eagles had a similar game against the Washington what their previous name I'm gonna say it I, 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 we're grown I'm gonna say it when Washington was, was, was called the Redskins they had a game called the body bag game in that game all the quarterbacks was done Brian Mitchell had to play quarterback. 
So this one, the, and it's funny, is with the Philadelphia Eagles. So this one, the first time that that happened. Personally, when that comes to that game, it is kind of like messed up because so many people are like, well, the the Niners defense could have stopped the Eagles. First and foremost, let's be real. One, the Eagles offense is really good. They have one of the best, if not the best offensive line in the NFL. That's number one. Number two, you only can do so much as a defense team, players. You're going to get tired. We're human. They're not robots. It is, I mean, they're not robots, y'all. And then you can say, well, they got backup. They backup to come in. Look, granted, yes, 53-man roster. Yes, you're in the NFL. Yes, you must do something really good to be on a national football team. Yes, but let's be clear. Your backups are usually never really all better than the starters or on the same level. They're backups. It's like a backup dancer. Backup singer. You're not the star. You're just there to help the main attraction. And a lot of times, if not all the time, backups don't overshine or be on the same level as the person in front of them. So the Niners was getting tired of the defense. You know, Brock Purdy came in. Ritter hit his arm. The arm was basically done for. Then you bring a guy who, for, who's been in for, for 15 years. And and I'm still trying to figure out, how is he still getting a job? Josh Johnson. And what happened? He gets tackled. Head smacks the dang on field. Concussion. Gone. So now the, the reserve quarterback was Christian McCaffrey. He's a running back, y'all. It ain't gonna happen. They tried to bring Brock Purdy in. The man couldn't throw past 10 yards. So they just ran. And what the Eagles do? Put everybody on the box. They knew for a fact they're not gonna pass, so they're gonna run all the time. And they can do all these tricks left and right, left and right. You're going to go, you're only gonna run. So kudos to the Eagles. But at the same time, it's like, dang, if only Brock Purdy could have stayed in. Dang, if maybe a Trey Lance, no, well, Jimmy G was in the game, could have been something. You know, you, you, the most important position goes down. Next, we had the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs won 23 to 20. To me, that was probably the best game of the playoffs. The reason was you had, it was like a WWE type thing. Promos left and right. Bengals talking trash. The mayor of the Bengals said that Joe Burrows is Patrick Mahomes' daddy. All this happened because Joe Burrows had an undefeated record against Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. He was 3-0. So all this stuff happened. The Chiefs didn't say anything. But when they ain't happen, yeah, it was a great game. Technically, both teams could have won, honestly, at one point. So it was a great game. But ultimately, came down to the kicker. Harrison Butler kicked the field goal for the, for the Chiefs, and they won. And then the talking started with the Chiefs. If you, 
get a check. Go look at the Travis Kelsey is a national treasure. For one, when he when Patrick Mahomes was being interviewed at the end of the game, Kelsey said it plain. Arrowhead my bleep. And then on the presentation, he quotes, which is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, The Rock, by telling the mayor to know his role, shut your mouth, you jabroni. And then say you got to fight for your right to part. Travis Kelsey is a national treasure. Which leads up to the Super Bowl this Sunday, February 12th in Arizona. The Chiefs are taking on the Eagles. And this, the title for this could be so much. Some call it the Andy Reid Bowl. Because they remember one time, Andy Reid was the coach for the Philadelphia Eagles for years. And they were winning. They did go into one Super Bowl, though. But in that Super Bowl, I mean, it was the Patriots against Tom Brady, younger Tom Brady, and they lost. But at one time, the Eagles was running the NFC East. They were running it. He comes to Kansas City. He was a, he finally won the Super Bowl with Kansas City. So they, they somebody call it. Could it be the Eagles beating his their former coach, or can the Chiefs and Reed beat his former team? One storyline. This is the second storyline. The Kelsey brothers. Travis Kelsey is a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jason Kelsey is the is on the offensive line of the Eagles. Brothers going against each other. Family dinner is going to be really great before and after the Super Bowl in the Kelsey family. So you got the Kelsey Bowl. Now here's a third one. Patrick Mahomes right now has been in the conference championship and the Super Bowl a total of six times. The man is literally still in his prime. Matter of fact, he didn't even hit it. When they when people say they're prime, they're always thinking in their mid-30s or early 30s. This, this man is not in he's, he's he's near it, but he's not in his 30s yet. And he's been to the conference championship and the Super Bowl six times. He's been in the Super Bowl now going on three times. He beat the Niners one time. He beat the Niners. Then he lost to the Buccaneers. Now he's in now he's in the Super Bowl. Now mind you, he could have been to five straight Super Bowls if if be if be honest. When he played against the Patriots, if D4 was not on the offsides, they intercepted that ball against Tom Brady and the Chiefs would have been in the Super Bowl. So that's one. Then you got the, the, the then you got the 49ers they beat. Then you had the, the Buccaneers they lost. Remember, they played the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl. And they lost that. So Patrick Mahomes literally has been in those spots so much, and he's still young. So the the storyline this is is if he wins this Super Bowl and they get an MVP, could it possibly be the heir to Tom Brady? We have plenty of people that say we have, we would never see another Tom Brady NFL for him going to all the Super Bowls, winning all those rings. But 
Patrick Mahomes is still young. He's been to three already. If he wins two, he has a lot to go, but he'll have to win five more to tie Brady. And you have to win six to beat Brady. That's some, isn't it? Brady went to five. He went to, he won five, excuse me, six Super Bowls with the Patriots and won one with the Buccaneers. Now, my prediction, it's going to be hard. Because my head says the Eagles. My heart says the Chiefs. My head says the Eagles because this the Eagles seem like a complete team. Even though, if you look at the stats against the Niners, Jalen Hurts really didn't play all that good. He just they just put up thirty one because their defense and then the fact that they were running on him, so a lot of things happened. Well, Patrick Mahomes on a based on one foot. Because he had a he had a high ankle sprain. Put up some beautiful numbers against the Bengals with no interception. And all his weapons was was injured. They brought in basically <laughs> they basically went all the way down the dang on roster and said, come play, play receiver, play running back, play, play back row need you. And they still did work on the Bengals. And I'm pretty sure after the season, you'll be surprised that a lot of teams don't call for them. Like, hey, you know, who's that guy that, who's the MVF that Mercedes got? Ain't the guy that played for the Packers? He with y'all? We make it use him. But if I have the pick, now I'm getting reports that I've seen that some of them players are coming back for the Chiefs. So if I had to pick, I'm going with my heart. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going with it's going to be a close game, but also it's going to be a it's going to be a very big scoring game too. I'm thinking 30 to 27 Kansas City Chiefs. And that's my prediction for the playoffs. Now coming up after the break we're going to discuss just a couple of things about the offseason. But most importantly, we're going to give a full segment to the GOAT. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. When you run an outlaw business, you know your CRM can make or break your ability to grow. That's why I chose HubSpot, because it's easy to use. Like these saloon doors. They're flexible, and they outperform the competition. When the boogeyman goes to sleep every night, he checks his closet for help. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show. As stated before, we're just going to just do a couple of questions about the offseason. But this segment is literally dedicated to the GOAT. Y'all pretty much know who I'm talking about when it comes to NFL. But... Let's go ahead and start. So probably like the number one question that was going into the offseason was, was Tom Brady going to stay with the Bucks 
Or was there another team that's going to pay him so he go over there? Now, there was reports that Tom Brady did have four contenders coming after him. You know, there were the Niners. There was the Raiders. Even some weird way, which I doubt it, but there was this little report that he would go back to the Patriots for like one run. Once again, I do not believe that. That was a rumor. It was one of those like, no. Because for, for one, Belichick and him would have to get along again. Towards the end of his run, it was a that the relationship basically started to wear out. And also, the Patriots got Matt Jones. So, you ain't going to be able to bring in a Hall of Famer, probably the best player of all time, to be a backup. That's not happening. Another team was, some reports was the Saints. Once again, no. Because, let's be real, Tom Brady was 44 years old, going on 45. He's not mobile. He's not a run-around type uh, quarterback. That offensive line got to be great. And so all the teams that was mentioned, offensive line, no, he's not going to risk it. But, of course, as we learned, Tom Brady did retire. So we're going to talk more about that. Another question was Aaron Rodgers. There is reports everywhere that the Packers want to move on from him. Hey, it is what it is. And it seemed like the number one destination for Aaron Rodgers is the New York Jets. I mean, granted, it will be a, some of a decent match because the Jets have some young pieces on their team that are really good. So, with a great, with a good head coach who has a great defense and so and good pieces around Aaron Rodgers, give him time. Let's see what he can do. But here is where I play devil's advocate. This previous season was one of the worst for Aaron Rodgers, which is crazy coming from two seasons ago when he won the MVP. But this past year shows that Father Time is literally undefeated. Somewhat the same with Tom Brady as well. So we got questions about that. Another question. Derek Carr. As we already know, he's not with the Raiders no more. He even did a joke on the skill challenge that they let him go. So you got to ask yourself, what teams could be up for him? Now, one of the teams that came up for Derek Carr is very interesting, which is the Commanders. Of course, they still have Carson Wentz, but literally everybody is set, is just on one accord knowing that Carson Wentz is not going to be the quarterback for the Commanders no more. That literally was a one-and-done, one-night stand, goodbye, got to go. So we already know that. They also have Sam Howell, though. Now, that's, that's going to be an issue because – as we've seen from week 18 game against the, against the Cowboys, Sam Howell didn't do a bad job at all. Actually, he did a real good job 
and it got a lot of the fans pumped. Even some analysts got pumped the fact that what is this kid going to do when he possibly take over the starting position? And then you still got Taylor Heineke. And then what that is, uh, people are saying that they're going to release Taylor Heineke. Honestly, for the most dumbest reason of, of all, because he's considered a fan favorite and him being in the backup will always be that lingering of if anybody mess up, put Taylor Heineke in. Like, that's that's utterly stupid. Yeah, he may be a fan favorite. Yeah, a lot of us do like Heineke. But as you see from this past season, which I'm going to talk more about on the commander side, I mean, you know what you're going to get with Heineke. You know he gonna play. He gonna play his behind off, and we love that, good or bad. You know for a fact that he's gonna do what he gotta do to win, and whether it's sometimes great passes, sometimes it's in between passes, whatever. But you already know he's gonna try his best to win, and the team responds to him. So there's always gonna be questions in the quarterback position. Gonna be questions about the Dallas Cowboys. As you know, Kellen Moore, the office coordinator, he's gone. So what's going to be with Mark McCarthy? Is he going to keep Zeke? Is Tony Pollard going to be able to stay? Because after this season, everyone see Pollard is that dude. So you got a team that need a running back, they're going to pay Tony Pollard. What about Dak Prescott? And they going to regret giving him that contract. So the defense did good. This is the offense needed help. And the play calling. That's why Keller Moore had to get up out of here. So they got questions with that team. What about questions about the Giants? And I said they're still sold on Daniel Jones. Even though Brian Dable came in and turned this man from interception Jones to Danny Dimes. It's just questions everywhere with a lot of teams. But like I said, this part, we have to give respect. Tom Brady retired after 23 years in the NFL. And I'm going to just give a give a good rundown of him. First of all, he was a six-round pick. Number one, round, round six, 199, a.k.a. no one really thought about this guy, that he was going to do anything. And, of course, as you see, he did do something. He's a seven-time Super Bowl winner. He, he's the NFL's all-time leader passing yards with 89,214. He's also all-time in touchdown passes with 649. This is just some of his rankings in all-time, what makes Richard first. First in wins, 251. First in Pro Bowls, 15. First in Super Bowl MVP awards, 5. First in completions. First in attempts. First in passing yards. First in passing touchdowns. In the postseason, he has the most, 20 appearances. 48 games started. 35 games won. 10 Super Bowl appearances. Seven Super Bowl wins, 1,200 completions, 13,400 passing yards, 88 touchdowns, not to mention 14 game winning drives, nine fourth quarter comebacks. 
pretty much almost anything that you could possibly think of when it comes to a passing stats, he done got. He also has the most Super Bowls, which is crazy because the team that's next to him is the Steelers, and that's a team, not individual. Bradshaw for the for the Steelers quarterbacks, Bradshaw, Roethlisberger. That's that, that's 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 your right there. Then you have the Niners. They got five. Cowboys got five. So one man have more Super Bowls than a whole than three franchises. Now, personally, now this is me. I'm not hating. My favorite quarterback of all time will always ever be Peyton Manning. And the question comes, if I need to take an organization to the top, who would I have? This bar accolades, this bar achievement, this bar all that stuff. Who I want at my quarterback? I'm gonna say uh, Peyton Manning because, and I'm that's, that's, that's not the knock on Tom Brady career. Don't get me wrong, but Tom Brady had the the, the greatest co- coach of all time, Brian and Belichick. Tom Brady also had one of the best defenses in the Patriots. See, a lot of people don't like to talk about the other players, the other side of football. But if you go back and see, from the time Brady's been in the Patriots all the way during his Super Bowl runs, you cannot say with a straight face that that man did not have great defense. Teddy Bruschi, Mike Vrabel, Lola Malloy, Richard Seymour, they that's some good defensive players. And two of them in this, in this well, Seymour is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Lola Malloy may be up there, but I don't know. We are Bruce is gonna be there eventually, and Vrabel is gonna be there eventually. But so let's let's be clear on that. Now, mind you, I give you to you the fact that Brady really didn't have offensive weapons like that. You had your Brandon Lloyd, your David Givens, your Troy Brown, your Ben Watson. Of course, he had Grunk and. For a couple of seasons, you know, even though we know what happened at the end of his this, this his life, Aaron Hernandez. He also had Moroni as a running back, James White as a running back. I mean, you know, I think at one time Corey Dillon as a running back. So, but if I say I need a mind at the quarterback, Brady got a great mind. But man is mine. Will make you feel like will make you feel like you in a kindergarten, and he got three master degrees. His his work is brilliant. So that's just my opinion. But if I non-biased, I would say I I used to always say to me the greatest NFL player of all time was. And my to what I see, what I know was Lawrence Taylor. Between him, Dion, you know, 
Jared Rice. Those players because Lars Taylor, because that one position being an outside linebacker, literally changed offenses by one person. Now they have a left tackle to always look at, but because of one person, he changed the whole offensive scheme. Dion became, even though Dion only won, he won two Super Bowls, I think maybe three, but I know, yeah, three with the Ravens as well. He was the greatest cornerback, shut down corner, no question about it. Plus, he was a generational talent when he was going to go play baseball with the Braves. But all in all, I will give it to Tom Brady. Stat-wise, achievement-wise, his record's unmatchable. I don't care about the conspiracy things because if it could, we can do conspiracy talk all day. But at the end of the day, the greatest of all time in NFL Record-wise, stat-wise, all that, and I, it's Tom Brady. Or what Skip Bayless like to say, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. And he's finally retired. And this goes down to me. I'm about to, well, before we go to break, this is the end of an era, everybody. All the quarterbacks especially for the 2000s on up, have retired. You already know man and tired. Roethlisberger gone. Phillip Rivers gone. Tom Brady gone. Drew Brees gone. And eventually it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. The end of an era is literally over. We are growing up. Now you got your Patrick Mahomes, your Justin Herberts, your Joe Burrows, your... I mean, you can put, you, you, yeah. hey, I don't, Jalen Hurts. I'll put Jalen Hurts up there, even though I'm an Eagles player. I'll put Jalen Hurts up there. Lamar Jackson, if he stays healthy, Tua. So this is the future of NFL. And of all the players I basically know, I mean, I basically spoken of, all mobile quarterbacks, which is funny because a while back, a notion that no mobile quarterback could ever win a Super Bowl, which that should have been put to rest when Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. But you want to keep saying that, okay, now you got two quarterbacks in this Super Bowl that can run the ball, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. So the days of the pocket passes, it may be over. And it was over when Brady said he retires. And there's a report that next year, he will be on the Fox team. So we'll definitely have to see what, that, what, what he has to say when it comes to games. So just like Derek Jeter, when we tilt our hats, we tilt our hats to Tom Brady. Congratulations on a 23-year career. And now, we'll see what's next. And coming up after the break, we're going to go into the NBA. We'll recap some games. And, of course, I did speak about LeBron James earlier. He has broken the all-time score record. 
So we're going to take a look into that and the trade that also happened in NBA. You're listening to the So Disrespectful radio show. How do they make Starburst taste so juicy? I don't know, but you just asked the whole universe. Kyle, feed your earthlings. Starburst, unexplainably juicy. He can play the violin with a piano. Here is Don Suave. Yo, yo, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Don Suave. Now we're going to travel to the NBA, the National Basketball Association. We had a few games today, you know, a lot, of course. The most game everyone's going to be talking about is the Lakers and uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, for obvious reasons. But let's just go ahead and do a recap of those games that day. So the Knicks played the Orlando Magics. Knicks won that game 102-98, with their leading scorer being Julius Randle, who had 22 points, 14 rebounds, and 6 assists. The Suns take on the Brooklyn Nets. The Suns won that game 116-112 to 112 with their leading scorer, DeAndre Aiden, 35 points, 15 rebounds. Now, another story about that game is this guy from that played in Brooklyn named Cam Thomas. And lately, Cam Thomas has been tearing it up point-wise. Even though the Nets lost, he still had 43 points, five rebounds, and three assists. This man's putting up 2K numbers, y'all. Next, we had the New Orleans Pelicans beating the Atlanta Hawks 116-107. to That leads the leading score for that uh, game. Well, I said it. the player of the game was Brandon Ingram with 30 points, three rebounds, eight assists. Trey Young had 16 points, three rebounds, 16 assists. Just wasn't enough. Next, we had the Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Chicago Bulls. The Grizzlies won that game 104-89, with the player of the game being Java Rent, dropping 34 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. Not to mention on the Bulls, Nikola Vujicic. I'm proud if I butcher that name. I got my machete, and I like to butcher names at times. He had 28 points, 17 rebounds, and 6 assists. Next, we had the Denver Nuggets taking on the, Memphis, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Denver won 146-112. to 112. And, I, I, and if you know anything about NBA, you already know who the player of the game of that was. Nikola Jokic, the Joker. Man had a triple-double already in the, before the, in the first half of the game. It's ridiculous. He had 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 16 assists. And to, and to finish off the games for tonight, the Oklahoma City Thunder took on the Los Angeles Lakers, which basically was a storyline of the day. Thunder won that game 133-130 to 130, with Shaw Gilgis Alexander dropping 30 points, 2 rebounds, 8 assists. And with that also, LeBron dropped 38 points, Seven rebounds and three assists. 
like I said before, it wasn't really the story of the game. The story of the game was, of course, with a turnaround jumper on a post move, LeBron scores the points he needed to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. And he can't say nothing about it. He's the kid from Akron. You know, some people still not going to look him at his grades of all time. Some people still are. But I'm going to just say this. Yes, my favorite player of all time is Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm sorry. No questions about it. Even though Mike... See, a lot of times people don't understand, y'all go off highlights. Some people go off highlights. Some people go off stats, analytics, all that good stuff. I'm 35 years old. I remember Michael Jordan in the early 90s, and I mean the early 90s. We're talking about like 90, 91, 92. I remember those days. I remember as a kid playing Bulls versus Blazers. Bulls versus Lakers. I think the last one was Bulls versus Sonics. Or the Suns, actually. I remember that. So, and I remember at that time, there's a lot of things that Michael was doing that nobody was doing. It was a very few times where this man was literally doing taking on a whole team, going up in the air, and in air, moving left, right, left, right, underneath for a layup. I remember the, even down the stories are legendary with Michael. You can see them all on um, the, last, the Last Dance. Heck, I still watch it, and that thing has been out for almost two years now. I think three years, actually. And I still watch it to this day. But that's my favorite player. Now, what I won't say is this. I'm like how Michael says. And this is not to diminish LeBron or anybody else, but we just need to uh, appreciate greatness. Because I know some people that well, you're just saying as a cop out. No, I'm not. Because at one time, people thought Magic would be the greatest. Some people thought that Michael was the greatest. Rest, you know, rest in peace. People think Kobe was the greatest. People think LeBron is the greatest. The thing about it is, if you have to look at it, there are different times. Now, I know what you're saying, well, what about Tom Brady? He played in different times. Yeah, I understand that. And don't get me wrong, the NFL really catered to the offense a lot. The only biggest difference was that is an ultimate team game. Basketball is a team game, but as you can see, at times it could be a really one-person game if need to be. And... Times are so different. So different. 
For example, the Bad Boys Pistons was were nowhere near being NBA nowadays. They all would be kicked out. All of them. Not just certain players, no, all of them. You won't see Bill and Bill doing what he did nowadays. You won't see John Sally doing what he did nowadays. You won't see Dennis Rodman doing a lot what he do nowadays. You won't see a lot of them players do what they did in the late 80s, early 90s nowadays. Because, one, if you touch a player nowadays, you're liable to get fined. You breathe on a superstar, you're going to get a foul. So, and if you look at those highlights, back in the days when guys was going up in the paint, they was getting hit with elbows, clotheslines, all that stuff. And the most you get back then, hard foul. That's it. You may get a technical here and there, but hard foul. Nowadays, they handle a lot of technicals nowadays like government cheese. So, that's just why I can't really... I, you know, you really had to un, 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 appreciate it because honestly, like I, I said it on this podcast before, every last great NBA player that you could possibly think of the GOAT has some holes in their game, in their career. For Like I said, Mike didn't shoot threes like that. He, it took him six years about yeah, about seven years, honestly, to get to the finals. He had a lot of one and dones earlier. So I can report holes in that. I don't do the whole he never want Scotty because people if you get out your emotions, he was without Scotty for three years, y'all. 84 Jordan came in, 87 Scotty came in. So Three years, y'all. It wasn't like Jordan came in 84, Pippen came in 91. No, he was there, and they still lost. Because, mind you, where you think the migraine migraine game came from? Pippen was there. He had a migraine. Oakley was there at that time. Remember, Oakley was with the Bulls before they traded him to get Bill Cartwright. So, Pippen was there. It was just three years. Chill out. I could poke holes at Kobe, at one time, people said he couldn't win without Shaq. Kobe was a selfish player. He had his reasons, and something you can understand him at times. But remember when Shaq left, he wasn't winning. He was he was in eighth place. Then he got Paul Gasol and Andrew Bonner and won two championships, even though he did lose to the Celtics. He won two championships. He got five, one more than Shaq. So, but like I said, we can pull holes in Kobe game. Hey, we can pull holes in uh, LeBron James. He he never stayed with a team. He went we had the Cavaliers. I ain't gonna front. Yes, that general manager owner put a bad team a lot of times around LeBron in Cleveland. So he left to go to Miami. I think he was just feeling himself by doing the whole five, not five, not six, not seven, all that stuff, and he only won two championships. The one thing that people always put up, but he always go where there's top 75 players of all time, man. Which, if you look at it, yeah, it's true. 
no matter what you say, no matter if you don't, if you do, you're a Braun fan or whatever you want to call it, it's true. He went to the Heat. They had they, Wade was already there. Wade recruited Bosch. Wade Bosch. They were top seventy five guys. Not to mention Ray Allen was there too. They went to ball on to Cleveland. Kyrie was there. They got Kevin Love over. Like Kevin Love was the guy Minnesota was dropping 2020. 20 points, 20 rebounds. He was that guy. He came over. And then when he came to the Lakers. Basically, the whole entire roster got changed up. He brought in Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Rondo. I mean, hey, it is what it is. So everyone will look at it as he always picked players and he never he always had to have a top 75 wall time with him. But I say that to say this, y'all. Everybody, no matter who you are, has a hole you can pick at. We have witnessed history today. Some of us weren't around in 1984. I won't. I was born in 87. So I can't, I don't, I, so of course I'm not going to be able to say, yeah, I remember Kareem. I, I wasn't born yet. But I was born to see LeBron James break that record. I was. I remember when we first came to the NBA in 03. I remember when Ricky Davis didn't want him, and he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I remember when LeBron scored 25 straight points against the Detroit Pistons. I remember we hit the game-winning shot against the Orlando Magic, even though they ain't win that series. I remember that. Heck, I remember when they went to the when LeBron went to the finals for the first time against the Spurs, and and literally. Hardly anybody can tell you who was on that roster when he went to the finals the first time. I can remember that. I can remember the Black Mass. I can, I of course, I can remember the day we that that Celtics series. I think it was Game Five when he had that look, and it was over. I remember when he put Jason Terry through the, through the grave. So I can say I remember all that stuff. So we just witnessed greatness here. Now, I will say this. You had your Be Like Mike, and you had your LeBron. The thing about it, the biggest difference is Mike, you can relate to Mike in certain things, maybe certain things, but you almost can relate to LeBron almost in everything. Because even though he's a he's a billionaire, even though he's one of probably the most recognizable star, it's like he still carries his weight as a child, as that teenager that we saw at WWE. With a cell phone, flip cell phone, taking a picture of Stone Cold. It seemed like even though he's 38 years old right now, you he's, you still sometimes look at him as that little a teenager. Even down to him playing video games. Even down to him, how he act with his kids, act with his wife. Those type of stuff. And it seemed like there was nothing to break his shield. And you can kind of relate to his story because there's been a lot of guys who grew up with, with just with a single mom. 
who had a who had who had you at an early age. That was his mom with Gloria. So there's things that you can say I can relate to LeBron more more than Jordan. One Jordan kept his life private. LeBron don't. He be on Instagram Live. He'll be on all the stuff. His sons, he be with his sons while they be. His sons be playing Fortnite and all the stuff, and Bryce be playing all stuff. You can relate to that stuff, but you don't even know what in the world is Jeffrey Jordan doing or Marcus Jordan doing. You, I mean, you just got to report that you know dating Lars and Pippen, but you can relate more to LeBron. So, once again, just like I said with Tom Brady, I tip my hat off to LeBron Ramon James. Congratulations on breaking a record that lasted for almost 40 years. Almost 40 years, and you did it. And for what's looking at right now, he can keep on going. And it may... Even though to me, I don't know if you're serious or not, but he could possibly play until his son gets into the NBA. I think Bronny only got what one more year. He could declare for the NBA. Now, quote I know this. I don't know it was a rumor. There's a report that he may commit to the Mar- to the University of Maryland. But hey, that we'll see. Because if he keep doing these numbers at his his his, his team. He already got a dad as LeBron James. So if he said I'm coming out, somebody's going to draft him. And you remember LeBron said, whoever picks up my son, I'm playing with him. So on time, we'll see. But in the meantime, we got salute to King James. And he's only 38. He got more, he got more time to go. Kareem broke him. He was 42. So... Hey, we congratulate him. Now, I know I'm supposed to talk about this earlier, but I'll talk more about it next week's show. Kyrie got traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Like I said, I got a, I, I, I would need a longer time for that segment. But coming up after the break, we're going to end this podcast Talking about the Washington Commanders. I'm going to give my final thoughts on it. I'm going to recap the season. And we're going to do go from there. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. He wanted pizza, but I wanted sticks. Little Caesar slices and sticks is half pizza, half Italian cheese sticks. I smell bacon. End the dinner drama with hot and ready slices and sticks. Or order online for new jalapeno or bacon sticks. Pizza, pizza. never retreats. He just attacks in the opposite direction. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Don Suave, and this right here is your Take Command News. Okay, so this one was going to shoot from the hip. The Washington Commanders' last game was against the Cowboys. And as good as that victory felt and was, it made me realize just 
We fumbled the bag real bad this year. But the question should come, why did we fumble it? How did we fumble it? And can it ever be have been picked up? Everything has started before the season began. The day we announced that we, we got Carson Wentz, I saw a lot of fans on Twitter was so much hyping this guy up. Oh, we finally got a quarterback. Oh, we finally got an all-pro. Oh, we finally got a pro. We finally got a quarterback. And I was sitting back thinking, like, we are living in the past again. Because when people think of Carson Wentz, but of course before the season, it seemed like no one could get out their mind that year he was he had an MVP level year. Now mind you, I, I know, I know. He got hurt. They folks took it over. And he won a Super Bowl. But he was back starting that following year, and what happened again? He got hurt. They folks came in. They go to the Super Bowl, but they lost. Okay. Come back again. This time, they folks not there. Now they got a guy they just picked up from the draft named Jalen Hurts. What happens? Again. He plays. He got hurt. And then he lost his job. The following year, he lost his job to Jalen Hurts. Then what happened after that? He gets traded to the Colts. Okay. What happened after that? Well, in one year, they got rid of him like he was a sore thumb. And what happened? The commanders chose him. And if y'all saw the whole season, remember all that controversy with Ron Rivera? Wasn't there between NFC East, those three, y'all? Quarterback. What? Even though I kind of understood where he was going with it, it's no, it, it doesn't work. And the reason why that, that got debacle, look at the Giants. Danny J- Daniel Jones was not a good quarterback. He was a turnover machine. He gets Brian Dayball. And in one season, became his better shot. Like, literally became one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. Then let's look at next. So he says, quarterback, okay. Jalen Hurts, before the guy, Serrano, was a decent quarterback, but he got better when Serrano came. Okay. Dak has been there for a long time, so Dak was always Dak. But then, it, then you say to yourself, maybe because he was he was under something for one year, he had to learn. Well, 
there's been plenty of quarterbacks that came in after one year, learned, and turned the situation around. I know not everybody's Tom Brady, don't get me wrong, but yeah, Brady did it. So, what now? We've seen this season. This man was horrible. I'm going to tell you the stats right here, just, just to let y'all know something. Do you realize on the team stats, who had the most passing yards? Taylor Heineke. Who had the most touchdowns? Taylor Heineke. Who had the most interceptions? Carson Wentz. Who had the most sacks? I've been sacked the most. Carson Wentz. Don't that seem weird? This, you know, so crazy. So many people are like, well, Carson was putting us all these stacks, putting all these stacks in. We was two and four. Well, we got to establish a running game, running game. Look, Carson Wentz is not the Carson Wentz of the MVP year. Ladies and gentlemen, Washington fans, it was a bad thing to get him, and we couldn't get rid of him. Now look, we're trying to get rid of Carson Wentz. I've, I think Robert Vera want to keep him because after the whole fucking at the reporters at that press conference, cussing at everybody because you got in your feelings, because we called, because the reporters called you out, your BS, that's what it was. They called you out. And then it was an argument with you talking about, I want to cross was Well, that makes you an incompetent coach because there's no way. A company company will get a guy they try that the coach are trying to get rid of. They were they didn't just ask, you know, they didn't just come out of the nowhere. No, they want no, they wanted him out. It has a reason. And the reports is he's not a good team, he's not a good leader. He's not a good teammate in the locker room. But what happened? Once again, Washington commanders do something stupid. And get these players, then they're gonna change the franchise route, and they don't. When sometimes they already have that player already on the roster, already on the roster, and refuse to build them up. Some of y'all don't remember this. Some of y'all do. We had Ryan Clark on our defense, but because we had incompetent management, we got rid of Ryan Clark. Brought in Adam Archuleta and was one of the worst signings of all time. You know what happened to Ron Carr? Oh, he got Super Bowl ring. Two of them. Oh, yeah, he was one of the best safeties. Yeah. Paired with Troy Palomalu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that. Oh, here comes the, here comes the great daddy of it all. And I don't care what anybody say but about this. There had to be something. Sean McVay was on our staff. You know what happened with him? Oh, he got he, he, he went to the Rams. You know what happened? He won a Super Bowl. All right. We had the head coach of the, of the Packers right now on our squad at one time. You know what happened? He left. You know what happened? Got to the Packers. 
Haven't had a losing season yet. We will have, instead of building in-house, we try to go always go out and we look like an idiot. Taylor Heineke last year. Yeah, at times it was rough. But did anybody ever address the offensive line? Oh, yeah, we did. We did address the offensive line. You know what happened? We got rid of two of our all-pro offensive linemen. Remember earlier I did the podcast where J.B. Finley said about Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff? Yeah, our incompetent management let two Pro Bowls who will probably be in going to the Hall of Fame one day go. Morgan Moses, gone. But we bring this coop, this group that can't protect anybody. And then you put Carson was back there who ain't going to get no protection. That's why Taylor Heineck was running. Oh, let's not forget. We have Scott Turner's office coordinator who's was tech, play calling was blasphemous. Now, Jack Rio at one time, it, it was getting on his, his behind too. But... Eventually, he wised up and the players are buying to him. That's why one of the biggest players, the comeback of the player of the year for us is Jamin Davis. Because he was considered a bust. People were like, oh, my God, why did you get Jamin Davis? He don't do nothing. All that so said that his year, for first year. Second year, oh, he had 104 tackles, most tackles in the whole team. He stepped up. The guy who led in interceptions, Derek Forrest, a guy that really no one really know, stepped up. Young pieces. Young, young players stepped up. Brown Robinson Jr. After the incident in August. Became the lead in Russia. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin did what Terry McLaurin does. He had what thousand, almost twelve yards, pound receiving yards. So that's why I look at this season as like it was so much potential, so much, and yet there's always something to have brought it down. Ah, the game against the Browns is possibly one of the worst games I ever saw ever with this team because you had a chance to go to the playoffs. All you had to do was win that game, and you were going to beat the Cowboys next week, that following week. All you had to do was win that game. We had all the pieces ready. Everything was good. And then our incompetent management, a.k.a. head coach, said we're going to put in Carson Wentz. And was the most disgusting game of the NFL year. Possibly of all the games, but definitely for Washington fans, for us, that was the most disgusting game. Almost probably worse than when Carson Wentz threw the interceptions against the Titans. And and to end the game. No, this was worse. And it just detailed Washington. 
That game detailed Washington for the past 20-plus years. That game right there just summed it all up. When you had a chance to fight, you had a chance to win, you make dumb decisions that cost the team, and then when you get put, you get called on it, you get sensitive. That's the Washington Commanders. And you know why it's what it starts with? It starts with the owner. So what's the future? The future is this. Because they already released the, the schedule for next year. Let's go ahead and do a rundown, quick rundown. They got the Cowboys, the Rams, the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, the Eagles. Cowboys again, Giants again, Eagles again, Cardinals, San Francisco, Miami, Buffalo, Atlanta, Denver, Chicago. Now, I'm going to tell you the teams that I say that's going to be really difficult to play. Without question, Miami and San Francisco. If, my, if both of those teams are healthy, it's no question going to be dangerous. Because with Miami, you got to deal with Moisture. You got to deal with Tyreek. You got you, you to gotta deal with some weapons. Arizona, I mean, San Francisco, the defense, hands down. We don't know what the quarterback going to be. We don't know if it's going to be a Jimmy G. Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, whoever. We don't know, but that defense definitely is going to be a problem. Uh, I would say the Jets. Because one thing, Washington always had a problem with the Jets for one. That's number one. Number two, they got a great defense. They got a good defense. And if they get the quarterback they need, it's and he's good with them weapons on offense. That's definitely gonna be a tough team, and it's looking like we're playing at New York. Yeah, Seattle. I'll wait and see to that because that Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker thing could have been a one-time deal, especially the Geno Smith. Kenneth Walker looks like he's gonna be in the league for a minute, but Geno Smith. Yeah, okay. Without question, Buffalo. I don't even got to go into detail to that. And that's basically it. Now, once again, that's the future of it. So if we had to wrap up, which we're going to do, this has been one full year of Commanders. And if I had to give a grade, honest grade, I'll say it'd be a C minus. The reason why? The good the good side of it was them boys play harder games. And there was a lot of entertaining games, a lot of games that we're in that we should have won. Remember also we went seven and one at one time because of Taylor Heineke. Also, that defense was looking real good. Come on, the defense was actually a top five at one time. So, and, you know, we're winning. I don't care how many times you score. I know Brian Mitchell said 20 points and get you. A win is a win is a win. That's a pro side. Con side, Carson Wentz. 
Khan side, Daniel Snyder still owning the team. Even to the day, he it's like he's a fight to sell it. Khan side, play calling. Khan side, offensive coordinator. Khan side, head coach decisions. That's that's why I get a C minus. And my final thoughts on the Washington Commanders is this. I hope we sell the team. I hope we get an owner that wants to win. I hope we, we get a staff that wants to win and they are smart at their jobs. I hope our players understand that we had a chance to go to the playoffs. As bad as we started that year, we had a chance to go to the playoffs. I hope we get younger, and we have gotten younger, especially on defense. I hope we do something in the offseason that actually translates to wins and not continue to be offseason champions in March. And a personal thing is, which I know it ain't going to happen, Hope it gets hope. I hope they do move the, move the stadium and then play somewhere else closer. From from our house to 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 Washington Stadium is about three and a half hours. They're talking about going up to Northern VA, which if that's the case, then the three and a half hours will turn into two hours. If that, it don't take for me to drive from here where I'm located at to Richmond, probably like an hour and some change. Maybe. But they're going to go northern, so it'll be two hours. That's fine. Change the name. I would like that, but I know that's not ever going to happen. Their command is just too much. Too much in depth. I'll be totally shocked and appalled. Extremely. If the new owner comes in and says, we're not being a commander no more. We're going to change it. And then all these little fake reports that Bezos is going back to the Redskins. Nah, yeah, that's not going to happen. But this could possibly, and I, I haven't said this in a long time, but this could look like a year of the Commanders in 2023. Get their act right, get their quarterback, get their play calling, defense do what defense do, and this could be a year they could win a division. My, mind you, nobody in the NFC has ever repeated. So we'll see. And we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. You're listening to the So Disrespectful Radio Show. International flavors all so different. Original chicken so magnificent. There is really no equivalent arrival all three. enters the room, he doesn't turn the lights on, he turns the dark off. Here is Don Suave. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Don Suave. Well, that's it for the show. I'd like to thank everybody who listened. 
Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Broadcast of the Seven Cities. Like, share, subscribe, and comment as well. Subscribe to the podcast, So Disrespectful Radio Show. So until next time, stay blessed, stay good, and stay lifted. Peace. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful. I'm so disrespectful. So, so, so disrespectful.